favor of God. Come on, somebody say, that's the favor of God. Getting free stuff. Listen, Hebrews 4, verse 16 says this. Let us then with confidence, somebody say confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, we thank you today that as your word goes forward, that we would learn today that we can come close to you, that we can come with confidence towards you in the time of need because of your favor, because of your grace in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. Look at somebody and say the hand of favor, the hand of grace. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. (laughs) Listen, last week we defined favor uh, man, I've got a lot of time here again. So, all right. So last week we defined favor or two or two weeks ago. And we and, and if you don't know, we have a podcast. Make sure you check us out. Relentless. Uh, go to our website. Uh, the podcasts are also up there. But we define favor as to be approved of, to be given privilege and preferential treatment, to be given benefits and gifts and to be given unfair advantage. And I really believe that the Lord spoke to me that he really wanted to get this into us because in the next year, as we're going into the next year, as we're crossing over, he wants us to begin to look for his favor. He wants to begin to look for his grace. And when we recognize it, just like you guys said, that's the favor of God. That, that's the favor of God. When you start to recognize it, you're able to see it more and more and you be, it starts to be attracted to your life because you're giving all of the glory to God. Listen, yeah, he used common sense. He said, hey, listen, this, I took this photo. This is it. And he showed him. His, we, some of us need to do this with God. Like, Lord, this is what you said in your word. This is what your word says. This is what it said. And so, Lord, I'm expecting. Hello. And so he was just doing a natural picture of, of, of ta- recognizing what was available and saying, this is not what I'm receiving. And many times we just allow and, and just anything and anything to happen into our life. And then we're going to blame the devil. Listen, it wasn't the devil's fault. Many of the things that happen in our life is not the devil's fault. It's because we are not accessing what is available to us. Somebody say access. Listen, I, I, somebody didn't like that. They said, oh, man, it's the devil. It is the devil sometimes, many times. But I want to tell you, God is saying you need to take your authority. You need to take your place. Amen. So we define favor as to be approved of, to be given privilege. Listen to that, because I also gave some traps that many times you can walk in uh, as you are learning how to walk in the favor of God. And we talked about it like manipulation and control and pride and feeling like you earn this or you deserve it. Listen, if we if I earn anything from God, I would have nothing. It is only because of the grace of God that I have what I have. Everything that I do and everything that I am and everything that I will do is because of the grace of God. So God wants us to walk in this favor, in this privilege, in this preference, in these benefits, in these gifts, and in this advantage. To walk with Joseph saw that God was on his life and gave him advantage. It gave him the upper hand. Somebody say, I got the upper hand. And so when we talked, the, so the real key, and we talked about this last week, the real key is knowing his grace. So the word in favor in is, uh, can be translated charis, which is also the word grace, which is a gift. And so grace is not just a religious idea, but grace is a person. John said in John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, another translation says divine favor and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus was the very embodiment of, of grace and truth. 
And when we talk about grace, talking about favor, grace has uh, uh, two parts. Grace is undeserved favor and kindness and love. And in that, in that grace, in that favor, in that kindness and that love, we learn that grace cannot be earned. That grace is a gift and grace wants to reign in your life. But then we also realize that grace is not just a cover-up. Many times we use the word grace as, I know God's going to have grace on me. I know that it's grace. But many times we don't appropriate it where we're saying, no, because of grace, I'm able to do. Because of grace, I'm able to live holy. Because of his grace in my life, because of how much he loves me, because of his grace, I can stand on it and operate from it. So grace is also a divine enablement and empowerment. And grace is God's ability. Amen. You can't do it, but God can. You can't stop, but God can help you. God can do the work. Amen. And grace can only be accessed. This ability of God can only be accessed by faith. And we can get it done like Nehemiah who built a wall in 52 days. We can get it done with grace. Because Nehemiah said it was because of the gracious hand of God on my life that I was able to do what he's called me to do. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the hand of grace. And so we read earlier in Hebrews 4, uh, 16 in the ESV. I try, I'm trying to put the translations up there because I switch around a lot. And sometimes I know you might be confused when you look at your translation and say, this doesn't look like it. Uh, ESV says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. And so God, I believe, wants us to draw near to his throne. Remember, every kingdom has a throne. Every throne must have a king. Glory to God. And the name of the throne of God is grace. Somebody say grace. That means his power, his authority, his dominion, his rulership, his kingdom is governed by love and by grace. You got to catch that. Uh, we, when we think about approaching God, many times it could be out of, of fear or even uncertainty. Like what will be his response when I go before him? Uh, but we are his children. And here the writer of Hebrews says we can come with confidence. Somebody say confidence. That means assurance. We could be rest assured. Many times my wife always tells me because, you know, the kids, they make your blood boil sometimes. And she said, ah, if you go that way, they're not going to want to come to you anymore. If you come that way, they're not going to want to approach you anymore. And so I've had to learn over the years that I need to be a throne of grace to my children. That when my children approach me, that they always find grace before they find judgment. I'm still learning. Somebody say praise the Lord. But God is helping me because the more we get a picture of who God is as our father, the more we can operate in, in, and uh, operate out of that attribute here on the earth. And so um, we can come to his throne with confidence in the time of need and he will show compassion. That means from his bowels, he will show the very depths of who he is. He shows us favor. Somebody say favor. I love this in the, uh, the, the, uh, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 4.16. It says this, so now we come freely and boldly. That means you won't have to pay nothing for this. And boldly, that means we can come in confidence to where love is enthroned. To receive mercy kisses and discover the grace we urgently need. Somebody say urgently. The urgently need to strengthen us in the time of our weakness. God wants us to come boldly before his throne with confidence that we will receive what? Somebody say help. <laughs> it's say you come boldly before the throne of grace to receive help. 
Yeah, because if you read it in another translation, it just seems like help. It just seems like assistance, but it's more than that. It's an urgency that's tied to it. The word in the Greek is, uh, I don't know it, it's to say it out loud, but it's in Greek. I promise you. And basically, it's, it's, it's saying is there's an urgency. So I wrote it here. It's a, it's a um, critical assistance that meets a critical need. Does anybody need some critical assistance in your life? See, God resists the proud. I can do it on my own. I got what it takes. But he gives grace. He gives help. He gives critical assistance to those that are humble. Somebody say, I'm humble. No, you're not. You just say you're humble. No, you are. I'm playing. Moses said he was humble. I know. So, this is urgent help. I, I felt this morning when I was uh, praying into this that some of you need some urgent help. You need God to do some things like pronto. You need God to do some things like right now. Well, guess what? He's already made it available to you through his grace. But listen to this. How can we have this confidence? Many times I'm saying all these things. We could come confidently. We could come boldly because God wants to help us. But a good question to ask is, well, how? How can we have this confidence? How can I have confidence in the grace of God? How can I walk in this favor of God? How many like how-tos? My wife always watches these things, especially now she's watching all these how-tos, how to do the table and stuff like that and learning all this stuff. It's amazing. I believe that it's by putting faith in and learning how to appropriate the blood of Jesus. This morning, just for the little bit of time we got left, I want to talk to you a little bit about the blood. I was telling somebody I've been encouraged by studying this out and reading it because it is by the blood. Everything that we have as believers, everything that we can walk in, it, it has already been purchased by his blood. And the blood is the foundation of everything that we can come into. It's the foundation, uh, the covenant, the new covenant that we're walking in as believers is all linked to the blood. Amen. And I, and I always hear preachers, and I, I didn't understand why they say, well, uh, you know, nobody talks about the blood anymore. And I thought to myself, you know what, I haven't really preached about the blood either. But, you know, I really felt like the Lord said, Malik, I want you to talk about the blood this morning and after we're going to receive communion together again. And listen to this. It is because of the price that he paid with his blood that we have confidence to draw near. Hebrews 10, 21 to 23 in the, trans, the Passion Translation says, and since we now have a magnificent king. Somebody say he's a magnificent king. He's not just a king, though. No, he's a priest. To welcome us into, the, into God's house. It's the priest's job to welcome us into the God's house. And we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced. Somebody say convinced. By faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Maybe you're here this morning. You feel like you're at a distance. I want to tell you, don't let your feelings dictate your access. Don't let your emotions dictate your access to God. I have many people say, I don't feel like I can hear him. I, just turn your feelings off. You can hear him. Just read the word. The word is his voice. Amen. The more many times we're looking for a voice, we're looking for a word. But if we get in the word, the word will speak to you. I can't tell you how many times it's like the word just goes like that, jumps up out the peach. Can I get back over here? Hold on. Okay. A little awkward. Sorry. Where was I? We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. 
The Bible says neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things that come can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And this one says, for our heart, it says, for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and we have been freed. Somebody say, I'm free from an accusing conscience. And now we're clean, unstained and presentable to God inside and out. It's not about what you did. It's about what he did. And we have to continually bring ourselves into that place where we're looking at the cross, where we're looking at what he has done. Even if you messed up, even if you made a mistake at that very moment, begin to look to him. I'm telling you, God convicts me of my righteousness. He's not looking at me and saying, look what you did. Look how you did it. Oh, look at you wrong now. Look at you're a hypocrite. No, he doesn't look at me. He says, Malik, that's not who you are. You are my son. You are my beloved. You're my treasure. Hello? From, for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean. Another translation said through the, the washing of the water, unstained and presentable to God. You are presentable to God because of the blood. You can come before him in your brokenness, in your emptiness, in your whatever because of the blood. Because when he sees you, he sees the blood. He sees the blood of his dear son. I pray that this message today will mark you in your heart. That it will mark you in your soul. And that you will come from underneath any accusing conscience. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. God's not. Listen, there is forgiveness in this blood. Hebrews 9.22 in the NIV says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Listen, there's so much that I can say today, but I want you to catch this. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness. If there wasn't any shedding of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sins. In Leviticus 17.11, it says, For the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Without the blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But because we have the blood of Jesus, because we have the blood of Jesus. Somebody said the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. Past, present, and future. God has forgiven you. Somebody say I'm forgiven. Come on, his blood is able to wash you. His blood is able to cleanse you. His blood is able to draw you near. Genesis 2.17, without the blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. I was talking to, I just thought about this yesterday. I, I, I text Pastor Timothy just to bounce it off of him. But it says in 2.17, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. You will certainly die. Well, at the moment that they ate, they didn't die. But look at it, what it says in Genesis 3.21. After God is casting them out or t- driving them out of the, of the Garden of Eden and putting the angels up there, the Bible says also for Adam and his wife. That's very important because it was his wife that, you know, did what she did. We love you, Eve. But he was the one who listened, so we love you, Adam. I'm telling you, I just said this last week. I think Adam's going to have his own place in heaven to everybody get over it. No, blame. <laughs> no, that's grace, I hope. So also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. Well, where did those skins come from? They had to come from an animal. Had to be a sacrifice. They didn't die. Something else. And I believe, this is my own sanctified imagination, they gave themselves freely and willingly to cover. 
Adam had a relationship with the animals. Y'all know that? He know their names. He spoke to them. He spoke identity over them. Okay, that's, an, that's enough of that. Thank you. I'll take that $50 later. Oh, I'm supposed to give you $50 for saying it. Never mind. I thought we worked this out before. So all through the Old Testament into the New, we see sacrifice. It's a theme that's in the Bible. Sacrifice, blood being shed for the forgiveness of sins, for the atonement. But they could never wash it fully away. They, only for a moment. And the priest had to come yearly before the, the throne of God. They had to come yearly before the Lord. But listen to this. I saw that it was a theme of a lamb. And if you study it out, and I'm not talking about just all the scriptures, but there are particular scriptures. There's about 33 prophetic references to lambs. There are about 33 prophetic lambs that are displayed in the Old Testament pointing to the lamb, Jesus Christ. How many know when Jesus gave up his life, he was 33 years old? And I believe there was a there was a, a synergy that was happening between the Old Testament and New. Listen, if you don't read the Old Testament. I know we're into the Passion Translation. Hopefully, I'll be with Brian Simmons actually in a couple weeks, but hopefully he'll make the new, the Old Testament. Don't forget the Old Testament. We, because it was a shadow, it was a foreshadowing, and we won't really fully be able to embrace the new if we don't go to the old. Hello? Okay. So uh, we can see this theme of a lamb in Genesis 22 when, when Abraham is going to sacrifice his son. And then, he, and then, and then the, it calls out, the angel calls out and said, I know that you now fear God. You obey him. And then there was a ram caught in the thicket. And he you know, built an altar and there was a sacrifice made. But it wasn't his son. It was the ram. And he said that he called God Jehovah Jireh. That's where God got the name Jehovah Jireh was that place. God will provide. And we see it in Exodus 12 and 13, we see the Passover lamb where they put the blood on the doorposts and the spirit of death, the angel of death passed over and no one in that house would die. See the blood, listen to this, Matthew 26, 28, Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the forgiveness for, for many for the forgiveness of sins. I just want to draw that again, that through the blood of Jesus, you have been forgiven. And that's why we can enter. We're talking about confidence to come into this grace, to come into this goodness, to come into this favor. That every day you can live with joy, you can live with peace, and you don't have to beat yourself down. Many times we beat ourselves down more than the devil does. Our conscience is continually telling us negative things about who we are. But I'm telling you, you can come to a place as you wash yourself and bathe yourself in the word of God. And what he says that Jesus has done in your life, that you can walk in confidence. I'm telling you, the most confident people I see in the natural are those who are confident before the throne. I'm telling you, I see it all the time. When you walk in that kind of confidence, what does it look like? What would your life look like if every day you were walking in confidence before the throne of God, before the throne of grace? John 14, 16. Listen, the blood is the entryway into the grace of God. John 14, 16. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to get to the Father, and it's through the blood of Jesus. It's through the price that he paid. I can't hammer that enough because I really want you to get I wish I could just do a whole thing. Maybe I will. I'll get a whole, maybe i work with Pastor Tim. We'll, we'll do like three weeks of just talking about the blood and the new covenant and all that good stuff, but I want you to get it today. I am forgiven! Somebody say it, I'm forgiven because of the blood. Not because I came to church. Not because I did penance. Not because I read the word, not because I spent more time with God, because I feel bad about what I did. That's not why you're forgiven. You're forgiven because of the blood. You're forgiven because of what he's done. 
Hello? You got to catch this. You're forgiven because of what he has done. Your good works can never get you to heaven. So we enter in through salvation, through the blood, and we're happy, but then we get into the flesh somehow and feel like we have to do all these things to please God. But it's our faith in him that pleases him. Hello? Okay. There are many benefits. Psalms 103.3 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. It goes on. I would read that. Psalms 103. Read that as a devotional this week. It talks about the healing and, and, and forgiveness of sin and all of your diseases and all this stuff. It's amazing. Just read it. So the benefits, one of the benefits, I'm just going to highlight a few, and, and somebody's going to, uh, Pastor Melody's going to give a testimony, but we have redemption through his blood. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We have redeemed. We have been bought back. We have been bought with the price. The blood sets us free from the curse. Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. How did he do that? Curses everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse being made a curse for us, everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. And that blessing of Abraham, the covenant that he made with Abraham, might come upon us, the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise crossing over. Actually, when you say crossing over, that means you're crossing over into promises. You can't have a crossover without promises. There are promises that God has for you. I think Lizzie had a prophetic word for the year that this is the year of promise. And so I believe that God is going to keep his promise. He's already kept his promise, but we're going to step into it. We're going to cross over. He said that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Listen, the curse is death. The curse is sin. The curse is sickness. The curse is disease. The curse is poverty. The curse is lack. The curse is depression. Anything bad that you can think of. And because of Adam's treason, he gave Satan authority over the life of man. But because of the power of the blood of Jesus, the moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you were redeemed from the curse. And Satan was put out of business. How many know that Satan really doesn't have a job unless you employ him? He is unemployed. And he's looking for a job. That's why it says he's like a lion roaring, roaming around, looking for who he can devour. Somebody, you need to employ the grace of God. You need the grace of God to work for you in this season. You won't be able to do what God has called you to do if you're not relying on the, the strict grace of God. It's his power. It's his glory. He has paid it all. He has done it all. The curse is an empowerment to lose. But because the blessing is the empowerment to win. And because of the blessing, because of the blood, we can walk as winners. And we don't want to live as winners. Listen, I'm not saying that everything around you will be perfect. I'm just saying you will have the attitude and the confidence of a winner. And even when you fall, even when you fall short, your failure won't lead you to depression. It won't lead you to the dark places. But you'll be able to lean upon the grace of God. And the grace of God will lift you back up again. How many need to be lifted back up again? How many, just this right now, I just feel like, just lift up your hands if you don't mind. And just say, Lord, I receive your grace. I receive the grace, the grace, the grace of God that empowers me to win empowers me to live victorious thank you for the blood come on thank him for the blood this morning 
Somebody about to blood, burst out in the song. Go ahead now. Thank you. You about to sing, Pastor Timothy? <laughs> oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. So the curse is broken. You have been redeemed from the curse. I want to say this. The, another benefit of the blood of Jesus is the authority over the devil through the blood. You have authority over the devil. Don't allow the enemy to do whatever in your life. Don't allow the enemy to have his way. Amen. If you feel the atmosphere in your house, if you feel the atmosphere around you, you have the authority in Jesus to declare the blood of Jesus is against you. Saying, listen, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We are overcomers because of his blood. And so as we are walking in this salvation and this forgiveness of sins and this redemption, that's great. But now we need to take it another notch and say, I have authority. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I have authority. I have authority over demons and principalities and powers that are trying to hinder me. There are things that are trying to hinder your marriages. There are things that are trying to hinder you from having children. There are things that are trying to hinder you from getting your healing. But in the name of Jesus and through the authority of the blood of Jesus, you have the victory. Everybody over here got it. Let me try over here. You have the victory. Glory to God. Listen, I was, I was uh, early in my walk, had just been out of prison. I was living on my own. And I remember I was going home and I just really, you know, I just felt like, uh, man, something was happening around me. I didn't know what it was. There was a battle. I didn't really have all this knowledge or understanding. But I know that was a battle. And, and um, I went to lay down after work. I was working at a Holiday Inn at the time. And I was working in the restaurant of the Holiday Inn. And I remember going home and just exhausted because I would ride my bike to work, maybe like five miles, something like that, to work every day and early in the morning and come home. And so I was really exhausted. I remember laying on my bed. And, and, and I had an experience, an encounter. And, and in this encounter, there's this demonic thing. It looked like only thing I can say is like Chewbacca, you know, like from Star Wars. It wasn't Chewbacca because it wasn't like whatever it does. But it was definitely a demonic force. And, I, and this demonic force just sat on top of me. I could smell it. It was disgusting. And it was saying, how much does it, would it cost for you to be back on the side of darkness? How much? How much would it cost? And, you know, in those moments, you know, like, I really didn't know what to say. I had no, I never even had it. Well, I've had a couple of experiences, but this was definitely new. And so this demon was on top of me and saying, how much? How much is it going to take? And out of my mouth, out of my spirit, somebody say, out of my spirit. Out of my spirit, I said, I was born with the price. I said, and then I said it again. I was born with the price, and the blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. And then all of a sudden it dissipated, and literally I fell on my bed, and I came out of this encounter. And in that moment, the Lord revealed to me how much power and authority we have in the blood of Jesus. Some of you need to declare the blood of Jesus over your home. Some of you need to declare the blood of Jesus over your children. Every day your children go to school, you need to declare the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you for the blood. 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 Th
thank you for the blood, Jesus. Can we just give God praise for the blood? God, in Jesus' Christ. Amen. Amen, devil. You can't shut me up. You can't stop me today. We on fire. We on fire. Somebody say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Amen. Thank you for the blood. Somebody say, praise. I'm not going to try that. I'm just going to say, thank you for the blood. I'm going to tell you, you have authority. Don't let the enemy do whatever he wants in your children. Don't let him do whatever he wants in your family. Because of the price that Jesus has paid, you have authority in his name. Somebody say, in his name. Somebody say, in his name. And through his blood. They overcame him. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to feel like you are defeat. You are defeated. You are not defeated. Galatians 3, 13 through 15 says, Christ bought us with his blood and made us free from the law. In that way, the law could not punish us. Many of us are being punished, but God is saying, that's not my heart. Christ did this by carrying the load and being punished instead of us. And it is written, anyone who hangs on a cross is hated and punished. Because of the price Jesus paid, the good things that came to Abraham might come to the people who are not Jews. I just actually wanted to read that first part. Christ bought us with his blood. Somebody said, I've been bought with a price. Come on, single lady, say, I've been bought with a price. And if you ain't coming with the blood, don't come. Shabbat. Felt that thing. <laughs> don't come to me if you ain't coming in the blood. I'm going to keep it moving. Listen, thank you. There's protection in the blood. Exodus 12, 13 says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And that's why it's important that you speak. Listen, today, just this morning, I was just basking in the blood. I was thanking God for the blood. I was giving, I was glory. And I said, thank you, Lord, that I am covered and my family is covered in the blood. And then Marcus and I was driving today. And all of a sudden, somebody in front of us didn't know which way they wanted to go. Next thing you know, I'm trying to go around them on the left. And they just, from the middle lane, want to turn to the left. And I had to swerve. I think we might have been on two wheels, were we, Marcus? And had to go all the way around. It wasn't my fault this time. It wasn't my fault. Don't get me. Don't get me. I'm a good driver, y'all. Okay. We have a debate about this, but th let's just say the blood is always working in my life. Amen. <laughs> but today, even today, I say I looked at Mar and said that was the blood of Jesus. That was the protection that comes in part of the package. It's part of the package. It's part of the benefits that you have. How many of you got health insurance? Amen. Many of us got health insurance through our jobs or whatever. I want to tell you there's a health insurance above health insurances. Amen. It's called the blood of Jesus. Amen. You can walk in healing. You can walk in divine prosperity. You can walk in health. You can walk in everything that he's made available to you because of the blood. And so as we see that God is doing things in our life and we're saying that's the favor of God, another thing I want you to add to your sentences is thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. I used to say thank you for the blood, but now I say thank you for the blood. Okay, let me keep going. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? <laughs> It's not what he says, it's what he doesn't say. And I want to thank you for the... Anyway. I, I asked uh, Pastor Melody to come up. <laughs> yes. We got to get serious. <laughs> Listen, let me just recap this. The blood is the entryway into this grace. Because of his blood, there's forgiveness of sins. We have redemption. We've been bought. 
with the blood. The blood sets us free from the curse. There's so much more. There's blood. Because of his blood, we can have fellowship with God. I didn't go through that one, but that's such a beautiful, mm, so good. And then because of the blood, we have authority over the devil. And because of the blood, we have protection in the blood. And the last one is because of the blood, we have healing. There's healing in the blood. There's healing through the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, by his stripes we are healed. So just come. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash Relentless DC.